It's easy when the lights are on. Turn them off. What do you got? If it's not hard, there's the door. Work hard. Get better. It's simple. Practice doesn't make perfect. No. Perfect practice makes perfect. It's there for the take. Dobbs drops back. We may not have it all together, but I believe together we can have it all. Fires on for the end zone. Can't lose on three. One, two, three. Can't lose. The pass is going to be caught by Tennessee. Tennessee wins. by Tennessee. Jawan Jennings. Jennings makes the catch in the end zone on the Hail Mary. I don't believe I saw that. You've tuned in to the Two Sweet Sports Podcast. And speaking of sweet, here's the man of the hour, Colton Pickard. Welcome into the Two Sweet Sports Podcast. The boring bowl has come to a close as the Patriots will take home their sixth Super Bowl in 18 years, 17 years, something like that. Anyways, we'll get to that a little later. Last week, I was unable to upload the podcast due to some technical difficulties, so I will give you my thoughts on some NBA news from last week. That was already recorded, so I'm not going to waste any more of your time. We're going to get right into that. The NBA has announced their reserves for the NBA All-Star Game coming up in Charlotte. For the West, the reserves consist of Anthony Davis, LaMarcus Aldridge, Carl Anthony Towns, Nikola Jokic, and that's the front court and the back court will be Damian Lillard, Russell Westbrook, and Clay Thompson. For the East, it'll be Ben Simmons, Nikolo, Nikol, Nikola Vucevic, Blake Griffin, Chris Middleton in the front court, and the back court will be Bradley Beal, Victor Oladipo, and Kyle Lowry. A great group of players right there. One name you don't see on the All-Star Game list that I think at least should be on the All-Star, in the All-Star Game this year is Luka Doncic. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge is one of those players that probably deserves to get into the All-Star Game. He's going to be in the All-Star Game unless he just decides to not be in it or he gets hurt or whatever. But, I mean, yeah, he's, he's a great player, well-rounded, plays for a great organization, but I'd rather see Luka Doncic in the All-Star Game. But Marcus Aldridge has worked for the brand he's built. The Spurs have worked for the brand that they've built. Uh, Greg Popovich has worked for the brand he's built. And that's all paying off with Marcus Aldridge being in this year's All-Star game. If there is an injury, though, I wouldn't be surprised if John Doncic slides in there and sneaks in to grab a spot later down the line. For the starters... Captains LeBron James and Giannis Antetokounmpo will draft their starting five on February 7th, and the All-Star Weekend will be February 15th through the 17th. For returning listeners, you know this doesn't happen often, but we're going to stick with some NBA for a few more minutes as Steve Kerr won his 300th game on, I guess, this past Saturday, and he did it in just 377 games. That is the fastest by a head coach in any major American sport to reach that mark. Kerr broke, Kerr broke Pat Riley's record as it took Riley 416 games. In total, with playoff wins and all, Steve Kerr has an overall record of 367 
or 300, excuse me, 363 and 97. Not too bad for a first-year coach or first-time coach, although he was gifted with some of the greatest players of this generation to help him out and make his job a little easier. Out of New Orleans, Anthony Davis has informed Pelicans Brass that he is ready to be traded. He initially told the Pelicans that he would wait until the offseason to go about the trade, but he's since had a change of heart and will be looking to be traded before the NBA's trade deadline. And while the Pelicans are looking for potential trade partners, the Knicks went ahead and made their move after Kristaps Porzingis said he was worried about the future of the franchise. The Knicks said, don't worry about us, have fun in Dallas, as they sent him to Dallas to play with the Mavericks. They sent Porzingis along with Courtney Lee and Tim Hardaway Jr., and in return they will receive Dennis Smith Jr., DeAndre Jordan, and Wesley Matthews from the Mavericks. A lot of people have been slamming the Knicks for this trade, saying it is a horrible trade, and don't get me wrong, it is an awful trade. They could have gotten so much more out of Porzingis or just kept him and built a franchise around him. Like most teams, when you get a great player, just build a franchise around him, build your team around him, and hope for success in three to four years, maybe. But no, they decided to get rid of him, and I don't know what they're going to do. They're going to rebuild again. I mean, DeAndre Jordan isn't one of those players but that you can just build a team around, but I don't know. Instead of building a franchise around him, they sent him to Dallas for some overpriced scrubs. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving were a couple of players that have been rumored to consider leaving their teams and joining up in New York to play with the Knicks. But after this trade, I don't know if either of them would still be interested in the Knicks due to the fact that they really don't have a good roster. They might still be interested if they want their own team, Kyrie wanted that before he went to Boston, and I mean, he has that now, so I don't know why he would want to leave, but he might not like it in Boston. I don't know. I know his father played for Boston, so that is a big deal in the family household, but we'll see. He might resign with Boston. Who knows? KD, on the other hand, might want to get out of Golden State and try to win a championship without Curry and Clay and the Warriors. That seems much, much more likely, but who knows? I guess we'll just have to wait until the offseason to see. And finishing off basketball talk, James Harden had a historic month of January. He finished averaging 43.6 points per game, and that is the most by any player since Wilt Chamberlain's 45.8 points per game in March of 1963. So to say the least, Harden has had an alright month to start 2019 it adds to a great resume for MVP though that does seem like that is going to be Harden's ultimate goal this year since he probably won't be making it to the finals or winning a championship and that concludes NBA talk on today's podcast if you're an NBA fan there you go you got about five minutes of NBA talk if you're not a fan don't worry no more NBA talk for today's episode on to some NFL news that happened last week. Alex Smith is expected to not play next season. The Redskins quarterback suffered a gruesome leg injury in Week 11, and the Redskins don't believe he will return to the field next season. 
Some are saying that this injury could have been a career-ending injury. They don't believe it could be career-ending injury, but they do believe that he will not be playing next year. While he rehabs his leg during the offseason, the Redskins are saying that they're not expecting him to be ready to play in 2019 and have looked to make other plans, according to NFL Network's Ian Rappaport. Smith threw for 2,180 yards and 10 touchdowns this season, his 13th in the NFL. So after 13 seasons, he will have to sit out at least one year to rehab that injury. Tom Brady was interviewed prior to Super Bowl 53, and he said there is a 0% chance that he retires after the Super Bowl. If he does retire, we will hear something probably pretty soon. But Jeff Darlington interviewed him one-on-one, and Tom Brady told him there is no chance he retires. Brady completed nearly 66% of his passes this season, along with throwing for 4,355 yards, 29 touchdowns while throwing only 11 interceptions. The NFL also made an unofficial statement on the hit that the Rams cornerback Nickel, is it Nickel? Nickel Roby Coleman? We'll go with Nickel if it's not. I'm sorry. Anyways, Roby Coleman delivered the hit on the Saints wide receiver Tommy Lewis in the NFC Championship game, which looked to be a uncalled pass interference. Anyways, the NFL fined Coleman $26,739 for a helmet-to-helmet hit, not, not the... Early pass interference, they said it was because it was a helmet-to-helmet hit in the NFC Championship game. And that leads us to where we are now. With the Super Bowl just concluding, many people are very, very upset with the the outcome of the Super Bowl, the poor performance of both teams in the Super Bowl. Uh, the Times, Picayune, 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 out of New Orleans. I think that's how it says. The paper in New Orleans, blank. Front page, blank. It's a big white piece of paper with just five words on it. it says Super Bowl. What Super Bowl? Because apparently the Super Bowl never happened. Some saying super boring, boring bowl, silence of the Rams. So many interesting terms for the Super Bowl, and they all make sense. 13-3 to was the final score. I This was the first Super Bowl that I have basically almost fallen asleep in, or asleep to while watching. This was terrible. But if you want it, I'll give it to you. Here are some highlights from the game. All right, and that concludes all of the highlights. The one and only touchdown came... With seven minutes left in the fourth quarter for a Sony Michelle two-yard touchdown run to make it 10-3. And then after a interception by Goff and the Rams, the Patriots were able to end it and finish it off with a field goal 13-3. Basically ice the game 10-point deficit with just a minute 12 left. No chance of the Rams coming back. Although this was a extremely boring Super Bowl, it wasn't the worst Super Bowl ever. 
It was a defensive masterpiece, and Bill Belichick showed why he might be the greatest defensive coach, if not just the greatest coach of all time, after leading the Patriots to their sixth Super Bowl. Uh, Ian O'Connor from ESPN said it's time to appreciate this Patriots dynasty as the greatest in all of sports. And after the Patriots won their sixth, I kind of agree with them. Uh, you gotta you gotta respect them, and I think most people and most teams do ex- do respect them. Uh, will they stop being hated? No, probably not. But that's neither here nor there. I don't even care anymore. Just let them win ten. Who cares? Just get Brady out of the league. Who knows when he'll leave? There's no chance he's leaving this year. Maybe he leaves when he gets 10. He's got four more years. Trying to get to 10. He says he's going to be down at 45. So, I don't know. I don't know. But, this was, uh, as I was saying, this is definitely not the most boring, or this definitely is the most boring Super Bowl, but it's not the worst Super Bowl. Because there have been games... Prior to this Super Bowl where they've just been blowouts, blink of an eye, 28 nothing or whatever, 21 nothing, 28-3, whatever the score is, and it's a blowout, it's done, and whoever's in the lead goes on to put up 40, 50 points, whatever, and you're just sitting there like, wow, this sucks. At least last night's game, or Sunday night's game, had some talking points, had some talking points. What is Jared Goff doing? Why can't he get going? Why why is Todd Gurley not playing? Uh, And Sean McVay gave an answer to that. We'll get to that in a second. But going off Sean McVay, why why can't Sean McVay get the offense going? Uh, Two storylines between the defensive coordinators. Wade Phillips has seemed to been able to shut down Tom Brady just about every time that they've played. So seeing him do that basically again in the Super Bowl, only allowing 13 points from one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Uh, Julian Edelman seemed absolutely unstoppable. Amazing game for Julian Edelman. He walks away with the Super Bowl MVP after an amazing game. Led the Patriots in receiving with 10 receptions for 141 yards on 12 targets. His longest reception, 27 yards. Pretty pretty good night for him. Uh, the only receiver over 140 or over 100 yards for the Patriots. Brandon Cooks had 120 for the Rams. Uh, I tweeted out a stat that I thought was extremely extremely interesting. Johnny Hecker at the end of the first half had more punting yards for the Rams than both teams had passing and rushing combined. That's a very interesting stat. And at the end of the game, Johnny Hecker had 417 punting yards. And that is almost two times more yards than the Rams had combined last night. Rams offense had 260 yards compared to Johnny Hecker's 417 yards, which is absolutely crazy. I'd like to see uh, what's the most punting yards by a single punter in a Super Bowl. I feel like 417 yards has to be a record. That's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, And if you take both punters combined, uh, Allen from New England, 
They had combined 623 punting yards in the game. Both offenses, passing and rushing yards combined, had just 667 yards total. So both punters almost amassed the same amount of yards as both offenses did in rushing and passing yards, which is kind of crazy because that's something you don't see in, in, in the NFL these days with offense being something that's extremely valued in the NFL, something that's people people just expect to have a great offense. If you have great if you have a great offense, you're going to win. You're going to win. Uh and that's basically how it works. The Rams had a terrible night on offense, didn't win, but so did the Patriots. So this game is definitely or was definitely an anomaly in today's NFL. And ESPN dropped their 2019 NFL power rankings their way too early offseason poll just after the Super Bowl ended at 9 o'clock Sunday night. Number one in the league, the Los Angeles Rams. Yes, they just lost the Super Bowl, but it's very easy to say that they are the best team in the NFL, although they did lose to the Patriots in the Super Bowl and the regular season. The Rams made their first Super Bowl appearance since 2001, says ESPN. And two seasons as coach, Sean McVay has proved himself as not only an offensive mastermind, but as a leader of an organization. Uh, they have playmakers like Todd Gurley, Brandon Cooks, and Aaron Donald with and on, and at quarterback, Jared Goff, who steadily progressed as a quarterback and a leader. And I think that's something you can agree with. Uh, Jared Goff, he's becoming a leader in Los Angeles. But you have to look at him and say, is he the right guy for the Rams right now? I don't know if he is. I think he's a fantastic quarterback. Um, a lot of people didn't like him coming out of the draft. I did. I supported him, and I'm going to keep supporting him. I think he's got a fantastic chance to be a Super Bowl champion in the next few years. Number two comes out to Kansas City. I think that's a. Uh, I agree with that. Kansas City that went 12 and four last year. They said Patrick Mahomes is the reason that they're number two. I think that's fairly obvious. He was the MVP of this season. Some people thought it should have gone to Drew Brees since he's kind of winding down to one of his last seasons in the league. I think Brees will be back, but we'll see. Patrick Mahomes gets the MVP this year. I think Mahomes comes back better next year and gets them to the Super Bowl. Number three in the power rankings is the New Orleans Saints. Uh, they said they still have their star-studded nucleus in 2019 that soared to a 13-2 start and earned the NFC's number one seed. Although Drew Brees faded a bit down the stretch, he's still playing well enough to lead a championship team at age 40. And he has great players surrounded him by him or surrounding him, such as Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Cameron Jordan, Marshawn Lattimore, and a fantastic offensive line that has that all five players either have Pro Bowls or second-team All-Pro all pro selections. After 2019, this team will be much harder to afford, but for now, this might be their final championship run next season. Number four, the New England Patriots. Uh, I think it's clear why they're still up there. Tom Brady. He's set to turn 42 in August, and he's shown no sign of, sign of show, slowing down 
while I cannot speak, he's shown no sign of slowing down and seems to be in a good place mentally and physically. While identifying his potential successor remains a top priority, the bottom line is this. With Brady and head coach Bill Belichick, the Patriots have the two key pieces to build around to remain a Super Bowl contender and possible future Super Bowl champion. They'll look to get their seventh and NFL record seventh next season and round out the top five, the Los Angeles Chargers. ESPN list Anthony Lynn as the reason for optimism, their head coach. Chargers are 21-11 and 11 in the regular season during Lynn's tenure, and they've reached the playoffs for the first time since 2013 last season. Winning a game in the wildcard round, Lynn has brought a steadying hand and has empowered other players to lead, resulting in the Chargers emerging as Super Bowl contenders in 2019. I agree with just about the entire top five except for number five. I think there's three or four teams you could put into that number five spot. I don't think Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Chargers are the best, are the number five team in the NFL. I think they're probably somewhere around seven, eight, maybe nine. I think they're top 10, but they're not top five. The reason I believe that is because of Phillip Rivers. I can't trust Phillip Rivers to take my team to a championship if I'm the Chargers. It's it's almost time to figure out what you're going to do after him. And that's something interesting that's going to be coming up for a lot of franchises in the future. What's next? Uh, what's next after your possible Hall of Fame quarterback leaves? This will be the position the Patriots will be in in a few years. The Saints will be in. The Chargers will be in. The Steelers will be in. Packers. And there's probably another one or two that I'm leaving out. But those are just a few that are going to have those decisions to make. And they have to figure out that fairly soon. But that's way, way down the road. Uh... Patriots win Super Bowl 53. Not surprised by that. So we'll see what happens. The offseason is going to be interesting. And ESPN's already have their, they've already had their first offseason article coming out at 8.30 a.m. Monday morning. Raiders trying to find a home for 2019. And they're talking about playing their home games and the San Francisco Giants baseball stadium. So they're going to go from one baseball stadium to another across the bay from Oakland to San Francisco. Uh, Raiders owner Mark Davis said he wasn't, he was noncommittal in the text message to ESPN's Paul Gutierrez saying, when we're ready to make an announcement, we we will. Uh, The Raiders, they're still looking for a home in 2019 after the city of Oakland is basically kicking them out after they have made plans to move to Las Vegas in 2020. It's going to be interesting to see where they go uh, if the Giants allow this to happen. We'll see. Uh, the Raiders have also considered leaving Oakland, or they're still considering Oakland as a home still, as well as a possibility of sharing Levi Stadium with the 49ers. And a final decision is needed soon so the NFL can start making its 2019 schedule. So we should begin getting something In the next few days on that, it's going to be interesting. So we'll see where the Raiders go from there. 
And also, Dave Portnoy from Barstool Sports was arrested at the Super Bowl and basically dragged out of the game, out of the stadium. That's going to bring some interesting headlines. Portnoy, Barstool, and Goodell have had some beef in the past. Uh, Another guy at Barstool, PFT commenter, was also at the game. And he was basically being chased by security guards all around the stadium. From the last I saw, he did not get caught. But I don't know. He might have gotten caught. We'll see. Uh, I think it's, it's going to be interesting to see what the what the uh, what the NFL does with Barstool in the future. So. That's all for me, uh, Super Bowl edition of Two Sweet Sports Podcast. You can follow me, my personal Twitter, at Pick6Pickard, that's P-I-C-K, the number six, and Pickard, or Two Sweet underscore sports, or Two Sweet Sports on Instagram. I enjoy interacting with all of you guys, my listeners. Uh, If you have a topic you want me to talk about on the podcast, I'm probably going to bring a or drop another episode later this week, probably Friday, Thursday-ish. We'll see. I'll be heading to Knoxville, so I have to plan for that. Anybody in Knoxville listening, this is a long shot. Anybody in Knoxville, Tennessee listening, hit me up. Tell me what's best to eat in Knoxville. I've been to Knoxville a few times uh, for some Tennessee Football games, basketball games, all that good stuff. I'm going to the Tennessee-Florida game this Saturday. Going to see the number one team in the country, the Tennessee Volunteers, take on their rival Florida. Anyways, follow me on Instagram at cpigger2448. Twitter, pick6pickard. Hit me up. Tell me something you want me to talk about on the podcast, or if you just want to talk on Twitter, hit me up. I think my DMs are open. If not, follow me. I'll follow you back. Then you should be able to DM me if you just want to chat there. It's fine. I'm I'm open for a good conversation. I enjoy talking about sports. Obviously, I have this podcast thing going. So hit me up. Thanks for listening. I will see you guys later this week.